Hey cousins, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Brandy with yours truly, Brandy Bruce. Um, if you haven't heard my first episode, it's already out and it's called Dangerously Intelligent and it's about kidnapping and sex trafficking awareness. So if you haven't heard that, go ahead and listen to it. It's in my bio. Um, today we're going to be talking about suicide prevention and mental health with my big bro, Miles the Millennial. And it's going to be great. It's going to be insightful. It's going to be a little sad. But overall, I just want this to be something people can use in their everyday life. Um, Again, if this is triggering for anybody, please feel free to leave the podcast at any moment. And yeah, so let's get to it. So that's what happened. Okay, so I was around like, um, I want to say like 15 or 15. And I was talking to this dude or whatever. And one day, we was talking for a little minute. Uh, I want to say probably about a couple of months or whatever. And one day, um, okay, I'm not gonna, <laughs> this don't sound like weird, but I mean, it's a, everybody goes through a little phase or whatever. So one night we was together and I was like, I was like, don't you love me? <laughs> and he was like, um, I got love for you, you know? And I'm, I'm like, you don't love me? Like, and then he was like, he was like, no, nah, I got love for you. And then so the next day he texted me and he was like, yeah, um, yeah, I don't know if I could do this or whatever. And I was just so, I was so, like, sad because I really thought I had a connection with him. Like, um, we'll be talking all the time. So I thought we had, like, a good connection. And I thought he was like, I thought he was about to ask me to be his girlfriend. But mind you, he was two years older than me, too. So it was just like that age difference, you know. And I was a sophomore. I think he was a senior. So it just wasn't going to work out anyways. So that happened. And then, like, my living conditions, it wasn't the best. Um, and then a lot of other stuff going on with my life just with uh, – during class, I was also doing track, and, like, I'm going to just go on the track team. She was giving me hell. Like, she did not like me at all for some reason. Like, she, anytime I would talk to her, she'll have an attitude or she'll try to be funny with me or whatever. So it was just, a, like, a lot of stuff going on in my life during that time, and I think I was falling into depression, or I probably was already into depression. And uh, my mom, she had surgery. I think she had surgery like a couple of years before that. And so um, I think she had like a cyst or something. I think it was like, no, it was a tumor. She had a tumor in her stomach and they had to take it out. So she had medicine prescribed to her for that reason. And so one day before school, um, I had took, I took like probably 10 of those pills. And I, I don't even know what it was called. I can't even tell you. I just took ten of it because I was like, I was like, I cannot do this no more. Like I was completely out of it. So I had took ten of those, and and I thought like I I like dead ass I was gonna die because when I tell you my stomach was hurting so bad, like that was probably the worst pain I ever felt in my life. So I probably thought I was gonna die, but thank God I didn't. It was just those stomach. For some reason, it wasn't even that um, 
the pills wasn't that strong or whatever. So after I um, took, you know, my stomach was hurting, and then um, my mom was going to school, like, then nobody know what was going on. Like, I didn't even, I, like, I went to the bathroom to take the pills or whatever because she kept all her pills in the bathroom. So then nobody know what was going on or whatever, and I told her, like, my stomach hurting, I can't go to school, but she came to school anyways. And um, so I just went to the nurse, and I just, like, get there. I was sitting there all day because my stomach was hurting, and I was still, I was very much sad about what happened with me and that boy because um, the main reason that I was sad about that is because I didn't have my real dad in my life around that time. And so, um, you know, that was hard for me growing up, not having your own father in your life and he doing all this other stuff with his other kids. So it was a lot of, it was a lot of things um, dealing with why I took those pills. But, um, yeah, that's basically what happened. And, like, now that I'm thinking about it, I was, I'm just thinking, like, I really could have died. But, see, I wasn't thinking at the time. I was just like, I'm ready to get this over with. And luckily, thank God, like, I didn't die because, that would have been hard on everybody, my mother, my family, my friends, anybody who cared about me. And I was being selfish in that moment anyway over a stupid boy <laughs> that I don't even talk to now. So it's just like, you know, yeah. one of those things. So my question to you, Miles, is what would you have told me when I was 15 if I came and talked to you? Um, The first thing, you know, I've, I've dealt with these situations with other people, you know, quite often where people are at their wits end with life. Um, and I think the first thing that people have to realize is what is the source of their, you know, their condition that they're having right now. Mm-hmm. You know, for for perspective for you, at the time, you felt like it was because of this loss of, of love, you know, from this boy. You know, mm-hmm. you felt like it was the other things, the track and your mom and all these different things that was going on that you were struggling with. Mm-hmm. You know, when in reality, what really set it off for you was the fact that you never had a father's love in your life. Um, so the first thing that I would have done is try to get to the root source of that to point out to you that, look, this isn't because of some current condition that you are weak right now. The reason why you feel so down and so weak is because you've been dealing with 15 years of loss from the person that was supposed to give you the most love in this mm-hmm. world. And you can't expect anybody else to supplement that love or to fulfill that space. You have to go on your own journey in finding something sustainable that, you know, preoccupies your mind, preoccupies your heart as you're trying to grow and fill that space with with happier things, you know, because a person will never be able to take up the spot that your father or your mother or your sister or brother, you know, those people were supposed to have. But if you can find a stronger love in those other areas and, and really appreciate them and shift your mind from being one that focuses on the negative of not having that love in your life to the positive of the fact that you do have the love of these other people there, mm-hmm. it can help you keep going. It can help you when you're in that moment where you're trying to decide, you know, am I going to end it all and take those pills? It can put you in the respect that says no because these people love me and I can't do that to them. That would have been, like, my first thing that I would have tried to help you with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely now, like, just looking back on it, you know, I was just like, <laughs> like it's just crazy because you know stuff stuff really happens and people 
people really be dying because they think nobody is there for them, you know, during a time yeah. like that. And in, really, in my household, we really wasn't even talking about mental health like that. Like, I promise you, we wasn't even talking about it, which is crazy to me because, you know, you need to know what's going on in your kid's life and to make them comfortable even to come and talk to you about stuff, which is why I never came and talked to my parents about it because, you know, I wasn't really comfortable with sharing that information because I always I would always felt like, oh, I'm going to get in trouble, you know? Yeah. Or I'm going to get yelled at or something like that. So I just never brought it up. But, um, you know, so. that one thing that I think black people, you know, especially black people, and it, it, this probably happens in, in other – I can see this happening with Hispanics too because I have I had a lot of Hispanic friends growing up, so I know how a lot of their parents, you know, kind of looked at parenting and, and that child-parent relationship. Things like suicide, you know, and depression, mm-hmm. that was seen as weak, and you ain't supposed to be weak. You're supposed to be strong. You're supposed to be tough. You're supposed to power through everything. Like, what you crying for? That's always been something that, like, I know has been really – you know, pushed in my own household, you know what I'm saying, and in other, you know, households. So it's not something that we talk about because black people feel like to being your feelings is to be weak, you know, and that comes from a lot of mm-hmm. different backgrounds, you know, from right. decades and centuries of different conditions that we've developed. But the bottom line is, you know, my parents never talked about suicide or ever asked, you know, are you mentally okay? Right. And I also think sometimes parents don't think that their child has the the understanding to really, you know, know what they're actually feeling. And that's right. something that we have to stop doing to our children. We have to stop acting like our kids are just naive and stupid and, oh, uh, they don't know what they're talking about. You know, it's just some childish relationship. This mm-hmm. and that. We can't keep doing that because we look at it and we're like, well, the only kids committing suicide are, you know, the white kids, and that, that is their problem. That's because they're right. this or they're that. But black uh, Latinos, Asians commit suicide as well. And it doesn't matter if more of the white kids are doing it than anybody else because if it's your kid, if you're the mm-hmm. one black, the one with the one black child that commits suicide, do you think you care that, you know, more white kids are doing it? No, you just lost your child. Right. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, a loss of life is a loss of life. And when it's something that's completely, that could have, not completely, but could have been resolved, by you being open to your child and having those discussions, mm-hmm. that that's something that a parent should never take for granted. And, and we have to work on, as the new generation of parents, being more open with our child to express their feelings and stop putting so much fear into them for their consequences of their actions and putting more understanding into their minds whenever they, you know, do things that we don't like. Yeah, I totally agree with everything you said. You took the words right out of my mouth. And also, like, during that time, you know, we had phones and we had we was just coming up with, you know, social media and stuff like that. So I just kept seeing like a lot of stuff on social media and it's just crazy to me cuz like I'll go back into my old photos from like Google or whatever. And when I tell you like all of my posts that I had made or stuff that I screenshotted, it was all sad stuff like I just came like I'm just I was just shocked looking at it, you know. I was just like, wow, like I was really feeling down, like I was really feeling bad, and it was out there for everybody to see. But you know, like when people post on Instagram, it really 
it'd be iffy or if it's really like real or if it's really fake or whatever. So I guess why that's why people really didn't pay no mind to it. But me just knowing how I was in the state I was back then, it was just like dang, like I really was sad. Like I I really was showing people, you know, that I'm not okay. So Yeah, yeah. people go social media has been used for a lot of people's call to help. You know, mm-hmm. like it's their way of, yo, like I'm struggling. You know, because they're not going to say it to a lot of people, you know, up close and personal and let them know, like, you know, I'm suicidal or I'm this or I'm that. Um, social media is a lot of people's outlets. On top of that, social media is also causing a lot of these issues mm-hmm. because you have something that I, you know, talking about in the book that I'm writing is this this perceptive bias of the mm-hmm. world. You have a very perceptive bias. And it's literally a a bias that we create about our lives versus other people's lives simply off the perception of what we think is going on with them. So you get on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or whatever, and you see these people your age that look like they have all the money, they have their their life together, they have, you know, an attractive partner, you know, they just seem like they have it all together. And you're sitting over here looking at yourself like, man, like, what the heck? I don't have none of this. You know what I'm saying? And it makes you, you see it, you feel like you see it everywhere. This person's doing this, and they're 21, they're 19, they're 18, I'm 19, I'm 18, I'm 21, why am I not there? And it's created this instantaneous world where it's like if you don't have it and somebody else has it, there's an issue. Rather than us understanding and being content with the fact that our journey is our journey. And the other thing is because people know that there's a perceptive bias in this world and people feed off of perception, it attracts people, people are faking the funk on social media. And that's one thing I want to tell everybody listening to this right now. Mm-hmm. All those folks that you think are walking around here, you know, with all these big dollars in their pocket, bro, they're lying. Mm-hmm. The truth of the matter is everybody's broke. <laughs> everybody's <laughs> struggling. The majority of college students are struggling. They don't have some magical recipe that made them successful. They just understand that making themselves look successful mm-hmm. makes you think that they are. Mm-hmm. And it was something uh, Gary V. I don't know if you know who Gary V. is, but he's a very popular motivational speaker and 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 game changer in the world. I encourage mm-hmm. everybody to you know follow his social media. He said the difference between today's world, cloud chasing has been real for forever. He said, but the difference between today's world and the world of 15, 20 years ago, in the past you had to at least have some money actually have something successful going for you in mm. order for people to say they wanted to be like you, for in order right. for you to have clout. You know what I'm saying? I'm not to say right. that it wasn't a bad thing, like, yeah, you flaunting your money for clout. It still was a bad thing, but it, they at least had to have something to show for it. Nowadays, a person can take a picture in front of a Bentley they don't own, and people think, man, I'm trying to be like you. A person can, you know, say they're at the top of a skyscraper that they really just ask to get access to, not because they own the penthouse, and, oh, man, you got it all figured out. You know, it's, it's a million different perceptive things that are going on in this world. Some people really do got it like that, and that's right. perfectly fine to so follow those people that have actually found success. But the majority of people are putting on a facade for everybody, and that's what he said is the difference. He says today people are facing the funk and getting clout. How foolish do we have to be? as people, to be upset over somebody who don't even have what they're acting like they have. You know, designer stores came out, and it was, it was like a year or two ago, they came out and somebody had released a post basically saying, like, they were changing their return policy on, like, their orders and their, their purchases because people were going into the stores, 
buying the clothes, taking a picture with the tag on, posting it for clout, and then returning it to get their money back. So they really couldn't afford it. Imagine what that does to your brain when you're constantly seeing this person looking like they have money and you find value in how many likes they get on these photos because it looks like love. We've associated Mm -hmm. like on a picture with love in real life. Our whole perception has just been flipped and messed up, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's a slippery slope that we have here. We have to realize that the only happiness, the only desire and love that's going to matter is the ones that come from the people in this reality, not on the screen. We have to be content with ourselves. Hey, cousins. So I just want to say thank you for listening thus far to my podcast. Um, This is going to be a brief intermission, and the songs I selected are gospel songs, and I feel like I just have to play gospel songs because these songs remind me of what I went through and what I overcame and that God was there with me the whole time. So after the songs play, we're going to go straight into me asking Miles the next question I have, and then the podcast will be over. So thank you for listening, and I'm going to play them right now. On average, how many Americans do you think die by suicide each day? Dang, I don't even know. Let me see. If there's 300 million, maybe 200. You was close. Um, and all these statistics is from American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Uh, it's about 132 people per day. Wow. And how many do you think attempt? Oh, oh, I'd have to say, is it every? You're saying every day? How many attempt? Uh, yeah. Every day, if 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 132 have completed suicide, has to be at least 500. I'd say maybe a thousand. But I may be overshooting it. (laughs) Wait, wait, okay, not okay, not not by not by day, probably year. Probably yearly because this number is large. So I, think I could see, I could see ten thousand people a year attempting suicide. Now they say one point four million. Oh my God, bro! What? Yes, um, it says it's the second leading leading cause of death for ages ten through thirty four, and the fourth leading cause of death for ages thirty five through fifty four. So, yeah, it's. It's a lot. It's a lot, and I I would have thought it was um, especially like for our age group, the ten through uh, fifty. I mean, ten through thirty-four. I would have thought it was going to be like close to the first or second, just because um, you know a lot a lot goes on within those years of adolescence mm-hmm. and yep. uh, adulthood. So yeah, that's those impressionable periods where you're really finding yourself. Life is just mm-hmm. throwing itself at you. Mhm. And so, um, I found the Illinois rate of suicide is eleven point thirty one percent, and then I did the Texas uh, rate of suicide, and it's thirteen point sixty six. So, that is actually a little bit higher than ours, but the highest rate is in Wyoming, and it's twenty four point forty one percent. Well, that's probably because population. I feel like Wyoming barely got any people, so if somebody commits suicide, it's going to have a lot bigger effect. That's true. I don't know, because I don't see why Wyoming is 
don't know, maybe because they ain't got nothing going on. People, it's easier for people to get caught up in their thoughts. I don't know. Yeah, that part is And it's, it's more like it's up there, so a lot of people are weird from up there. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, so, who knows what's going on. But the lowest rate is um, in D.C., which is 7.37%, which mm. is crazy. That is. I want to see, I want to see what, what they're basing this off of. Oh, I can, send you the, I can send you the link to it. Okay. But, um, yeah, uh, all the other sources matched up to what this was saying. But... Yeah, this is definitely something that's big in the black community. I feel like it is not spoken about. That's why I feel like it's so big because, um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people be saying that they're depressed or whatever or feeling down and sad or stuff is just not going right in their own home and they just want to get it over real quickly. And, yeah, so. Yeah. I have a a very interesting perspective on depression. Mm-hmm. You, you know, have, has anybody ever noticed, and you'll listen to this, and I promise you, you guys are going to start to see what I'm saying on this one. Have y'all noticed that we're a world full of buzzwords? You know, something becomes the popular term for everybody saying, next thing you know, it's all people say. They mm-hmm. use it for everything. You know, it was, you know, toxic masculinity at one point. Now it's diversity and inclusion in workplaces. You know, it's Depression, all these things have become buzzwords at a time. And it's not to say that they're not, it's not a, a, a positive to it because they, they're, they become these popular words because they're bringing attention to things that usually aren't talked about. Um, but what always ends up happening with these words is that they end up getting overused into situations where they don't apply. And then it makes that word lose its value. It makes that situation lose its value for people who actually are suffering from that condition that they're talking about. Right. You know, one thing I've noticed with depression, I've noticed it on both sides of the spectrum. People get overlooked when they say, like, yo, I'm struggling, like, I need your help. And they're asking people for help, they're asking their family for help, and they just, like, no, like, it's, it's, you're not struggling. You're just, you know, you'll be okay. You'll get over it in a day. You'll get over it in a, a couple of weeks or whatever. Um, that's the one side that's kind of been present for a long time is that, that ignorance to it, people just ignoring it. But mm. the other side that's been coming out that I've kind of seen recently just with the people in the, the world, people my age, mm-hmm. we be so sad. <laughs> like, we be so sad. And mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of bad things that happen in life. But for a lot of people, and this isn't for everybody, because some people really do be struggling and suffering from a lot of things. Right. But for for a lot of people, and it's not to say that anybody's struggle is any less because what may hurt you in that way may not hurt somebody else in that way. It doesn't make your struggle less. But for a lot of people, they're not depressed. Like I clinically and psychologically don't think a lot of people are depressed. I think a lot of people are just going through the struggles of life. Mm-hmm. But because the word depression has become such a buzzword now and it's always thrown out there, the second you're in a negative mood, do you feel depressed? I think you're depressed. You know what I'm saying? Because we're now we're so cautious, which is a good thing. I'd rather be cautious any day. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But then turn a blind eye to it. But we've become so dark-minded and because of it that we're starting to create people that think they're depressed when they're not. And it's hard to say because you can't tell somebody, no, you're not depressed. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. to say that you're setting yourself up to be that 
exact example of somebody who goes on to commit suicide or really do something harmful to themselves or somebody else, and they were asking for your help. So it's not like it's really your place to tell them what they feel. But I kind of have a a, a theory that not everybody is, is, is struggling like we think we are. I think we just have become so it's almost become okay to say the word depression so much that now we just throw it on everything. Right. And it's like sometimes you're not depressed, bro. Sometimes you're struggling because something upsets you, but that doesn't mean you're a depressed person. You know, depression is when you're in such a down-and-out place that things don't make you happy. Mm-hmm. When something happy does happen, you automatically get it overshadowed by something else. You know what right. I'm saying? If you're just struggling because, you know, your girlfriend broke up with you and you're going through a hard time, you're going through heartbreak, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean you're depressed. It just means, bro, you're going through life like you're struggling. You need people to help you move through it. But it doesn't mean you need to go and get put on antidepressants and medication. You know, we put our children on these things so quick now because they get prescribed. It's kind of like how ADD, ADHD mm-hmm. gets prescribed to kids all the time. All these right. kids don't have these conditions. My mom, you know, works at a, 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 a center that's for the students in the district whenever they get in trouble at school. They come there temporarily, and they do their school in there, and so they go back. And my mom is sitting there with these students, and they all these students that come in there have a lot of the same things in common. They all ADD, ADHD, have these different, quote-unquote, disorders. And when their parents come in to pick them up, you see why the child acts the way they act. The parents let the child do whatever they want to do. They have no discipline with between them and their child. They let their child talk to them any kind of, kind of way, walk over them any kind of way. They've mm-hmm. never established a respect between them and their child. And whenever things got bad, they just ran to the doctor because they didn't know how to parent. They didn't learn their child in which ways work for them. Some people need more discipline. Some people need more talking. They didn't take that time. Now you got a bunch of kids on antidepressants that's making your child zombies, making your mm-hmm. child angry. They're losing anger. They have all this anger because they don't know themselves. They don't have no personality. Mm-hmm. When they're expressing themselves, you call it ADHD. And it's not always ADHD. It's real for some people, but for others it ain't. And I think we have to talk. We need to have the discussion about the other side of the effects when we go too far. Mm. It can yeah. be just as detrimental. Yeah, that's, that's, that's something we definitely should talk about, um, the uses of, like, just drug, drugs prescription anyways in general. Like, we're really not supposed to be on this stuff. <laughs> Anything yep. that we take, we really know we're supposed to be just let it heal naturally or let it, you yep. know, come naturally. Like, every, like yeah. It, the and I know some people really messing up everybody. Facts, and I know some people who it's worked for them, but that was because they actually had chronic mm-hmm. depression. Like they were actually going through some horrible times. They had those suicidal thoughts, so that actually helped them become more calm until they were able to get themselves right. Because when you go through that and you have chronic depression, like your chemical imbalances in your mind and in your body naturally aren't where they're supposed to be. Right. You know, so it's like it's supposed to balance you out by giving you the alternate effects. But what if you're not actually depressed and you get those alternate effects? Now you've really gotten yourself in a stuck mm-hmm. place. So it, it's, a, it's definitely a tricky, tricky subject. Yeah. And, like, I'm the walking truth of you can just, you know, you don't have to take medicine. If you're definitely. Feeling, you know what I'm saying? If you're feeling these type of thoughts or whatever, like, um, I don't know. I think I just, I think I just, like, woke up into realization like okay you almost died the other day you know like 
you just need to be chilling. Like, you don't need to be doing nothing. So that's what just helped me keep going, you know. But, um, yeah, I feel like you don't you don't have you don't need to be taking medicine if you you know what I'm saying if you're feeling these thoughts like because you don't have to it's all yeah. it's all it's all what you're willing to do for yourself like if you want to yeah. go on medication that's because you feel like you need it but I'm I'm just the walking truth of it you don't need medicine like and I'm perfectly fine now I hope yeah. <laughs> I think I think we definitely have all the strength to get through any struggle within us because yeah. no struggle is anything that nobody else has faced before and hasn't conquered before. Mm-hmm. One of the things that depressed people feel is a state of aloneness. When you create a state of aloneness, whether it's happened because of things in your life or if you create it yourself, when you have the belief that nobody can really relate or understand or help you with your problems, you've put yourself in a place to where you can't get help. You have to first open yourself up to the fact that, like, yo, somebody's gone through this before and can relate. Somebody has beat this and gotten their happiness back. You know, you can't defeat yourself before you even got a chance to fight the battle and win. Mm. Yeah, very true. Yeah, that's all I really got to say on it. Well, thanks, Miles, the millennial. (laughs) (laughs) No problem. Um. So yeah, you gotta, you definitely gotta come back again. We gotta talk about just other topics. I'm always down. I love having discussions like these. Make sure y'all, uh, if you don't already follow me on social media, follow me on social media at Miles the Millennial. I'm, you know, moving on a platform to really create change through motivational words and you know words of wisdom to really grow our young people in this world. So thank you, Liz. Behind the Brandy, this is dope, and I really appreciate what you're doing. You're you're doing something amazing right now. Thanks, Miles. Uh, yeah, follow him, guys, and yeah. Hey, cousins. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to my podcast about mental health and suicide prevention with Miles the Millennial. Um, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, just please feel free to DM me or anything on my social media platforms. Uh, which are going to be in my bio for this. Um, Also, to the next time to hear me talk about uh, what it means to be a black woman in the United States of America. And yeah, I hope you all have a nice day and peace out.